Thank you for checking out our sermon here at Hope Church. We're excited that you came across this message and are tuning in. We just want to make sure you're aware of a few things before we get to the sermon. First, we'd love to connect with you. You can follow us on our social networks at Hope Church LV, and also be sure to check out our website at hopechurchonline.com. There, you can find out more information about who we are and where we're going as a church. Once again, thank you so much for checking out this sermon at Hope Church. Please let us know if there's any way we can come alongside you and your family. Enjoy the message. There are over four babies born every second of every day. That's a lot of babies. And obviously at Hope Church, we're doing our part to pad the stats, right? I mean, look at all these kids we had up here a moment ago. Kind of random thought that, I don't know how they know this, but Tuesday is the highest birthday of the week. If you're born on a Tuesday, more babies born on Tuesday than any other day. But over, the the actual stat is 4.3 babies born every second of every day. Here's what that means. There's a lot of moms in the world, right? They tell us, those that study these kinds of numbers, there are over 2 billion moms right now on planet Earth. 2 billion moms. There are 85.4 million of those moms right here in America. When you look around the world, there are a lot of moms, and today they will be celebrated. And not just here in America. A lot of people think Mother's Day is an American thing that we do, but actually now the celebration of Mother's Day happens in over 40 different countries around the world. So in countries and cultures all over the world, mothers are being celebrated. This thing of celebrating mothers began in 1908. It's hard to believe we made it that long without somebody coming up with the idea to celebrate moms on a specific day. But 1908, there was a woman whose name was Anna Jarvis. She lived in Grafton, West Virginia. Her mom had recently passed away, and she felt like she wanted to do something to honor her mother. So she went to the church that she attended, the Andrews Methodist Episcopal Church, and asked that they plan a celebration celebration for all the moms on a Sunday in 1908 and now for over a hundred years and in 40 countries around the world we have an official day to celebrate moms and I think we would all say rightly so amen there's a website a company called salary.com Salary.com is one of the leaders in the industry of determining appropriate compensation for jobs in the marketplace. So if you're an employer and you're hiring and you want to make sure that your wage is going to be competitive with that in the marketplace, you might go to salaries.com to determine if the wage that you're paying is a competitive wage because they take all the factors in of the skills and the, the time and all that, and they post salaries based on on jobs. Well, in 2018, they posted a salary that is what should be paid for a mom. <laughs> Salaries.com says 
that moms should be paid annually $162,581. Salaries.com, they're the leaders in the industry. And there's a lot of moms that said, I knew it. I knew it. Now, unfortunately, I can't promise you that, but it communicates the value of these moms and why they should be celebrated. But we all know there are moms, and then there are moms. There are moms who stand out above the rest. And I thought about that question this week. What is it that makes a mom stand out? And who better to answer that question than another mom? Amen? I mean, I got to be honest with you. We don't always teach on moms on Mother's Day, but on the Sundays that we do, maybe the most intimidating I feel the entire year preaching a sermon. There's not a sermon I feel less qualified to preach than one on being mom, right? Because you know what? I'm not one. So, but the good news is we have a Bible that is completely sufficient for every area of our lives. And did you know there's even a passage of Scripture where one mom is teaching about other moms and what those moms are to look like, and she gives us characteristics in this passage of Scripture that make some moms stand out. So if you got your Bible, I want you to open it this morning to Proverbs chapter 31. Now, the book of Proverbs was written by a man named Solomon. He was known as the wisest king who ever lived. But Solomon had a mom. And as you get to chapter 31, the chapter opens by saying this is the words of King Lemuel, but that's just another name that, that Solomon went by. Some believe it was a, a name that maybe only his mother would have called him. But in chapter 31, Solomon is writing for us what are the words that he says his mother taught him. So as we read Proverbs 31, it's from the hand of Solomon, but it's from the lips of his mother. And his mom had been teaching him about the woman that he should be looking for in his life. The woman that would ultimately be his wife and then become the mother of his children. And so she spends the first section of the chapter just talking about women in general. But as you get to the middle towards the end, she begins to zero in on moms. So Proverbs chapter 31, beginning in verse 25. The scripture says, strength and dignity are her clothing. And she smiles at the future. She opens her mouth in wisdom. And the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. She looks well to the ways of her household. And does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up. And bless her. 
her husband also, and he praises her, saying, Many daughters have done nobly, but you excel them all. Charm is deceitful, and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. What a great word from God. Amen. Aren't you thankful Solomon's mom taught him these truths? There's a phrase in here that says, many daughters have done well, but you excel them all. The little word excel is a Hebrew word that means to surpass or to do something greater than someone else. Or it, it literally carries the connotation of, of upward motion. It's describing, hey, there are a whole lot of moms out there in the world, but there are some moms that just kind of rise to the top. They stand out above the rest. Well, what are some characteristics of moms who stand out? Well, here's what I'm going to do today. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to preach a little bit differently, all right? I'm going to share with you a few biblical truths out of this text about some characteristics of moms who stand out. But then to apply these truths, I'm going to have some help in just a moment. I'm going to have some moms come up here with me, and I am going to interview them. Now, don't get nervous. I'm not just going to randomly pick three of you. We have them prepared to come and do this today. But they're going to come and help me. They're actually the wives of some of our pastors here. We're going to have different moms in every service that are doing this with us. We have some, some wives of some of our pastors here that are going to be helping me. So first of all, let me give you three characteristics right out of these verses of moms who stand out. Number one, they are moms who are Christ-like in their character. It's interesting, the first thing that she says here in verse 25, strength and dignity are her clothing. Clothing. When you think about clothing, oftentimes when you see somebody, the first thing you notice about them is their clothing, what they're wearing. Matter of fact, that's why a lot of us spend a lot of time, right, making sure we pick exactly the right thing and wear it almost exactly. Why? Because it's the first impression. It's, it's what stands out. But when you think about clothing, clothing is simply something on the outside. It's external. It can be changed very easily. I love what the Scripture says here. Her clothing, this mom who stands out, she's not known for some external qualities, the first thing you notice about her is her character. Strength and dignity are her clothing. Meaning this, the things that stand out about her, the things that you notice about her are not just some superficial external traits and characteristics, but they are some deeply woven character traits on the inside that are spilling out of them. Well, what are those traits? Well, let me give them to you. There, there are three of them just quickly. Number one, unshakable faith. It's the word for strength here. He said strength and dignity are our clothing. The word strength is a Hebrew word. It's interesting. This word is also used to describe God himself in the book of Proverbs. The book of Proverbs says the name of the Lord is a strong tower. It's the same Hebrew word here that describes this character quality. It is a godlike quality in the heart of this mom. It's a word that describes being physically and mentally and spiritually strong or powerful. It also means well-founded or fortified. It describes something where the trenches have been dug deep and the foundation is settled. 
This word describes a woman of God whose foundation is so deeply rooted in her walk with God that nothing can shake her. Nothing emotionally, nothing mentally, nothing physically, nothing spiritually, nothing financially, nothing relationally, nothing vocationally. Why? Because she is strong. Where does it come from? Her strength is found in her intimate love relationship with Jesus. Beth Moore, great speaker, author, listen to what she said. Faith is not believing in my own unshakable belief. Faith is believing in an unshakable God when everything in me trembles and quakes. When you talk about these moms, it doesn't mean that they don't have ups and downs. It doesn't mean that they don't have difficult days and hard circumstances. But what the scripture is teaching us about these moms is even in the midst of those, their faith is unshakable because the roots are deeply grounded in God and his word. Number two, there's an uncontainable beauty. The scripture says strength and dignity are her clothing. The word dignity, another beautiful word. It's a word that describes the quality of being worthy of respect. Again, it's a word that's used to describe God himself. In 1 Chronicles, the scripture says of him, splendor and majesty are before him. The word majesty is the same word that's used here in Proverbs for the word dignity. It describes a magnificence that sets this woman of God above and apart from her peers. I like to describe it like this. This word dignity, this majesty is an inward glory that attracts others to them. Because of this deep-rooted faith in God, God is doing a work inside of them so that what's coming out of them is literally the glorious person of Jesus. Christ. And when other women see that, they're drawn to that character quality about them. They're women of dignity. It describes a woman of God who so reflects the glory of Jesus in and through her life that others are drawn to her as a friend, a mentor, an example, and a teacher. Who are these moms who stand out? Women of strength and dignity. But then I love this. Here's the third one. That they're women of an unexplainable joy. Did you hear that phrase? Strength and dignity are her clothing. And she, get this, smiles at her future. The Hebrew word for future here is a word that describes that which has not happened yet. It's describing what is yet to come out there that I don't know about yet. Sometimes we look out into the future and we get anxious. Sometimes we look out into the future and we worry. Sometimes we look out into the unknown and we get a little bit upset on the inside. But the Bible says, not, not this mom. This mom looks out into the unknown that is yet to be. And here's what she does. She just smiles. How can she do that? Because her faith is deeply rooted in God. And she knows Romans 8, 28. 
What does Romans 8, 28 say? Let me show you. And we know that God causes, say the next two words out loud. I'm so sorry. What were those two words again? Okay. We know that God causes good things. Is that what it says? Most things? Oh, you mean all things, right? Say it again. He causes what? Wait, wait, go, go back up here. And we, we pray that God calls. No, we hope. We know that God causes all things. Here's what that means. The good and the bad. The mountaintop and the valley. The day when the sun is shining bright and the day when the clouds are hovering closely. Our God, we know, causes all things to work what? Together for what? For good. Now, he didn't say all things feel good. But he's working all things together for good to those who what? Oh, that's why she's smiling. Because her roots are deep in an intimate love relationship with God. So even though in this moment it may not feel good, let me tell you what she does. She just smiles because she knows my God is going to work this out for my, it may hurt today, but my God is going to work this out for my good and for his glory. How do we know that? Because we love him and are called according to his purpose. The first thing about these women that stands out, they're Christ-like in their character. Number two, these are moms who are wise in their words. Did you hear it? Verse 26, she opens her mouth in wisdom and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. The word wisdom is a word that in the Hebrew language, I think literally means to see life from God's perspective. When you think about it in the biblical framework, it means to see life from God's perspective. Why? Because God knows what's best. And so wisdom is seeing life from his perspective. Because these moms that stand out are so deeply rooted in their love relationship with God and so inwardly shining the glory of Christ, the Scripture says that when they open their mouth, let me tell you what comes out, perspective from God. Two things about this. Wisdom shapes what she says. But secondly, wisdom shapes how she says what she says. To speak wisely is not just about the content of our speech. To speak wisely is about the way in which we speak. And the book of Proverbs says that these women, these moms that stand out, that excel, that rise to the top, they're moms who are Christ-like in their character, and they are wise in their words. Every time their mouth opens, it's the wisdom of God seasoned with the grace of God. Number three, they're moms who are diligent in their priorities. Did you hear it? Verse 27, she looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. 
What is that? It's a mom, a woman of God who is diligent in her priorities. That phrase looks well. In the Hebrew language, it means to be on the lookout for. It's, it's the idea of paying close attention to. It's something that you value, something that you cherish. You do not let it ever escape your attention. You are constantly paying attention to it. Well, what does the Scripture say these godly moms are constantly paying attention to? Well, the Scripture says their household. It's a Hebrew word for their Family. Now, don't misunderstand what I'm saying. This does not mean that her family is her only priority. But it clearly means that her family is her top priority. And that's when usually the air gets a little sucked out of the room and everybody gets a little nervous because, Pastor, don't you know we live in 2019? Are you talking to us about some old antiquated philosophy where women are just supposed to stay home and not have jobs and take care of the kids? Listen to me very carefully. That is absolutely not what I am saying. So don't write me the email. Don't hit me up on social media. That is not what I am saying. And let me tell you why I'm not saying that. Because the evidence in Proverbs 31 is that this is a woman that probably did have career outside of the home as well. As you read Proverbs 31, she's buying and selling in the marketplace. She's dealing in real estate. She's obtaining property. She's known well in the business community. So this woman obviously had responsibilities and priorities that were business dealings in the community. But what we learn from her is that moms who stand out prioritize the role of being mom over every other priority in their life. My wife and I this month are celebrating 27 years of marriage. And in 27 years, amen, praise the Lord. Hey, that is to be celebrated. <clears throat> 27 years of marriage, we talked about this. The single greatest decision we made as a couple. Because we now have raised three of our four children are grown and uh, on their own. One is still in high school, and she doesn't let me forget that because we've kind of got this grandparent thing going on. And she goes, hey, 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 I'm still here. Don't let me. I don't, don't forget about me. But she's in high school. And so, so our kids are, are mostly raised today. Looking back over 27 years of marriage with kids that are raised, that are today not perfect, but walking with Jesus, serving his church, living lives of integrity. Here's what we believe. The single greatest decision we ever made as a couple was when we made the decision that she, and my wife really made this as she prayed through it, that she would make the sacrificial decision to, with her life, whatever, whatever season of life we were in, the children would be the absolute number one priority in her life. And I'm just telling you, somebody who's 27 years into this, absolutely no regrets. Are there stuff we could have had, things we could have accomplished? Yes. But when we watch those four today, no regrets. And that's this woman here. She was diligent in her priorities. So if you're a mom who's Christ-like in your character, wise in your words, diligent in your priorities, listen, especially today, you're going to rise to the top and stand out. That's why the scripture says at the end of this passage, look at it again, verse 28 and 29, her children rise up. Now, listen, that that doesn't mean rise up this morning. (laughs) It means when they've risen up and you've sent them out at some point, 
They're going to bless her. They're going to say, Mom, I honor you for what you sacrificed. I bless you, Mom. And her husband, he praises her, saying, Many daughters have done nobly, but you excel them all. Here's what I want to do. To apply some of these principles, I've asked three moms who stand out. They're not perfect, but they're Christ-like in their character. They're wise in their words, and they're diligent in their priorities to come and join me. So would you welcome these moms? Come join me up here, ladies. Come on in and take a seat. We're so thrilled to have you join us today. These are, like I said earlier, in all three, all four services today, we've got a different panel of moms. Uh, so they did that to make me equally nervous in every service because I don't know what they're going to say today. Um, but we have uh, asked them to share from their heart. Uh, you have my wife, Christy, right here to my left. Then you have Pastor Teddy's wife, Pam. And then you have Pastor Scott's wife, Candice here today, and we are honored to have all three of these moms. Now, in all of our services that we have moms up here that have small children, we have moms up here that have children out of the house, we have moms that stay home, we have moms that work in the community, so we got the spectrum, and so I want to ask them some questions based on these principles that we've looked at together this morning, and I want to get them to speak some application of this. So, I'm just going to start with the first question, and thank you again for doing this. As moms with all the demands, I mean, we all know, we don't have to, the demands of the schedule, the life of a mom, how in the midst of all of that do you maintain intimacy with God as a priority in your life? So somebody can go first, doesn't matter who. Yeah. Candace, do you want to start? Um, I need Jesus if I'm going to be a good mom. So um, I have just learned that I have to get up before my kids are up. And they are early risers, so I'm up really early most days. Um, And it's not that when my alarm goes off, I love it, and I'm, like, bright and ready to conquer everything. Um, But I've tried doing it during nap times or quiet times or putting a show on or whatever um, to try to have that alone time with Jesus, and it just doesn't work. Like, once a day gets going and the kids are up and there's a million things to do, Um, that gets shoved to the side if I don't prioritize that. So I'd say that's the first thing. And just even as Pastor Vance was talking and like this call of a mom from Proverbs 31, um, it's heavy and it's a lot and it sounds unattainable. Um, And without Jesus, alone time with Jesus and developing that relationship, it is impossible. So that is just an encouragement specifically to moms in the little years. Um, You're exhausted and you don't always get a shower and you skip meals, um, but you don't totally forget to eat. And so just like you need food every day, like you need Jesus every day if any of this is going to happen. So, um, And then secondly, for me, it's huge to keep biblically grounded things just filling my mind all the time um, to just push me towards Jesus, to encourage me and challenge me because sometimes I just need to be challenged and woken up a bit. Um, to be the mom and wife that I need to be. So I'm just regularly listening to Christian podcasts and reading Christian books on top of all that. So. Awesome. What else? What would, what would somebody else add? Um, 
I just have to piggyback on that because I honestly, I look at it like the air we breathe. You know, when you look at it like that, we all have to have air to breathe, right? I think we should look at spending time in the word and that intimacy with God just like air we breathe. We cannot live uh, every day without him. And so if we aren't prioritizing, like Candace was saying, and we aren't making that a point to do it, and, and like she said, what works for her may not work for everybody else. And that's okay. But it's all about making sure you do that at some point during the day so that you're getting that wisdom and understanding from the Lord, and you're able to apply that as your day goes on. So, um, yeah, I would absolutely agree with what Candace was saying as well. Awesome. Well, thank you for asking that question. As I, I kind of focus in on that question, that word intimacy um, really stands out for me. And I think as I think about that term, I think a lot of times when you look at us, and I'm glad Pastor Van said we're not perfect because we do agree with that. Um, <laughs> when we look at that word intimacy, I think I have to examine my life and say that I've been on a journey and life definitely has been a journey. So my experience in my relationship with Christ at a young age, at about the age of seven, I acknowledged this void that was in my life, and I really couldn't put my hand on it, but I did accept Christ into my life. But at the age of 16, you know, I made him Lord of my life. And after making him Lord of my life and walking through that journey, um, I discovered who I was in my identity in Christ. Um, so that need and that want um, to love someone who loves me uh, beyond me, you know, greater than I ever could. So that's what kind of drew me to God. So my desire for him, I want him. I know that I need him. Um, you know, it's just like Moses who wanted his presence and Hannah who knew and was favored by God, but she knew that there was none like him. So coming to that realization, I didn't arrive at it just because I'm here today. A half a century later, I know sometimes I crawl to the Lord. I cling to him. So that intimacy is important. And I don't know, many of you, you seek him. I seek him all day. But for my one-on-one -on -one alone time with him, I do that early. Um, there is no way possible that I could um, have any other time except that time. So I fight for that time. Um, there are many times that I go broken. There are times that I go uh, with great joy. Um, but it's impossible for me to live uh, my life without the intimate relationship uh, with him and knowing that he desires me, um, it draws me closer to him. That's awesome. And so I don't know about you, but I'm a, I'm a, I'm a note taker when I listen to people speak. So as I listen to each of you give an answer to that, the things that stood out to me obviously was priority, that every one of you prioritize this thing of intimacy with God in your personal life. But also it seemed like there's also this sense of flexibility that each person's got to figure out the rhythm that works best for them in, in pursuit of, of him. So I think that ought to be encouraging, you know, to moms that are listening that it's not going to look the same for everybody. You got to figure out what it looks like for you, but in that, and, and also understanding that God is gracious and your father knows the season of life that you're in and you don't need to feel the guilt or condemnation of trying to measure up to somebody else's conviction. You just need to figure out for you what that rhythm looks like. So I thank you for sharing that. Here's the second question. Talking about this idea of speaking wisely and, and, and being women that, that God uses to speak wisdom. Um, in addition to connecting your kids to ministries at the church where they're going to obviously hear God's word, how do you speak God's word 
into your kids? Oh, I'll, I'll start. Um, I was, as I was thinking about this question, yeah, the Lord just really brought a, a situation back into my mind. When uh, both of our boys are hearing impaired, they wear hearing aids. And so um, when my, our oldest son was five years old, he had come home from kindergarten one day. And, you know, he had this little look on his face. And he comes in the door and he takes his hearing aids out and he just throws them on the center table. And he just sits there and crosses his arms like this at me. And I was like, buddy, what's going on? In my very loud voice, because he didn't have his hearing aids in, so I was screaming at him, what's wrong, you know? And he just looks at me, he says, I just want to be like everybody else, you know? And as a mom, in that moment, you know, it really, it broke my heart, you know, to hear your kids say that. That's hard to hear sometimes, but in that moment, God gave me just a word for him and just to say, you know, I sat beside him. I put my arm around him. I didn't coddle him or say, you know, it's not fair and life isn't fair and all that stuff because that's not what he needed to hear in the moment. He needed to know that God created you exactly the way he wanted you to be and that when you were in my tummy God was forming you and making you and this is and we don't know how God's going to use this later on and what that's going to look like but we're going to praise him for that and we're going to give him glory for that and as they got older and whatever that looked like in life you know whether it was making decisions about school or just life decisions you know it's it's Jeremiah it's you know for I know the plans for you says the Lord and so when you begin having conversations and you're speaking life and truth and the word at a young age in your kids lives that just that conversation is natural as you they get older and older it just becomes the way of life for you and your children you know and you're able to speak truth into their life and they're going to listen to that it's great what do you want to add i'll go next candace I actually, in just listening with Christy was saying this, the naturality of speaking with your children, um, keeping them connected and speaking God's word over their life. I, I want to kind of zone in on Judea uh, for a moment. She's not here, so this will be a great time. Uh, <laughs> Judea is the baby of the family, and she's connected within the ministry of Converge. Um, Janice and Chira would not allow me to get involved in Converge. I, I don't know why. Uh, <laughs> but I really do. So Judea, I actually took responsibility to ask Judea, and I said, Judea, um, I'd like to join in with that ministry. Um, and she gave me permission to join, and I'm very glad that I did that, and also with her permission. Number one, I take full responsibility um, to raise my children um, and to rear them, you know, along with my husband uh, in the Lord. And so I wanted to come aside and figure out what was happening in the ministry so that I could reinforce and reiterate and kind of walk alongside and see also um, what that looked like in her interactions with other children. And so as she allowed me to come in and kind of participate in that way, it gave me the opportunity to kind of reconnect with other young people because I don't serve right in her area where she is, but connect with other youth and also to speak and reiterate for her what that looks like. And I think the biggest thing for Judea, which is no surprise to any of you, um, but for our children, 
they are in a diverse community. And in a diverse community, they need another push, another angle, and another perspective. And so by doing that, it has allowed me to kind of encourage her and then to watch her grow and to use her gift and to walk in her identity. And I do see her walking, and that walk looks a little bit more firm than I saw for the other two children at a younger age. And so I'm very happy that she allowed me to do that. That's awesome. Anything you want to add to that one? Sure. <laughs> um, I totally agree with what they're saying in that most um, teachable moments are the everyday things. Um, to give you an idea of my family dynamic, I have a nine, seven, five, and four-year-old. So there's six of us in a small space. Um, so there's tension a lot of the time. Um, so I have a lot of opportunity to just remind my kids that they need Jesus just as much as I do or just as much as their dad does um, as we learn to live together. Um, and then also just to draw them into God's goodness and his awesomeness in the everyday, specifically with littler ones. Um, just when we're out in nature or when you eat awesome food that God gave you or when you have a fun experience that God's allowed us to have, like those are gifts from God and a tangible way to draw them in. Um, but I do also think that it's not just the church's job, it's our job to actually teach them the Bible. Um, and so we have a time in the mornings when we just read the Bible. Um, I have like a kid study guide to go with it to have kid-friendly questions, but they still get to be exposed to the actual Bible, even if the language is beyond their understanding, it's something they're familiar with. Um, and then a few evenings a week for like story time before bed, um, we read a children's Bible, and right now we're using the Action Bible. Um, it's written in comic book style, so it's really fun for the kids, and it just draws them into the story and the drama of it all. Um, and so I think both are really huge for us. So. Awesome. Great input. So, so helpful. I think so practical for our ladies to be able to apply. Um, in the midst of all this going on in life and with the schedules that you all keep, how do you ensure family is the top priority? How do you do that? All right. I'll go first. It's your turn. Yeah. Family is the top priority. Um, and in a way that I can do that and assure doing that in my life, number one, I have to acknowledge that I could not do what I do. I do work a full-time job, um, and I'm a full-time mom at the same time. So without the support and the help of my husband, um, both of our parents who live in town, amen, we could not do it um, without their support. And I make it a top priority to um, these past couple of years to disciple and walk with each one of our children individually. Um, and so in real time where you just see that I'm just communicating with you regular, that looks uh, down and dirty based on their age. You know, for my middle son, you know, we just go down, it's real talk. Um, and I help formulate those perspectives um, that are there. I say the things that you wanna say um, and cannot say. Um, I challenge them and I encourage them. So this is the voice of correction. At the same time, um, the gentle, kind hand, that doesn't come often. Um, <laughs> but I speak boldly the truth um, and the word of God over their lives. Um, and I stand, you know, uh, to correct them when social media um, has given them an open door. I also uh, speak to them and their doors that I shut as well. Um, the Lord has given me strength to do that. But I definitely walk with them because I know um, and I take the responsibility that they belong to me. If you have asked me to sign up to be mom, I would have never 
signed up on any list uh, <laughs> to be a mom. But to do it, if I say yes to it and I walk in it, I'm going to do it well. Um, so many of the things that you're thinking, don't worry, I talk to them all about. Um, so I do take joy and pride in um, making them my priority. Text, I've taken advantage of that. I'll text them the word of God. When they're leaving, I give them the word of God. In the middle of the day, I'll call them. I say, hey, I said that, and I bring them to reminder on all those things. We have meetings, and they know when we have meetings, they're in trouble. Um, <laughs> but I'm available and accessible, and at any time, they know that they can rely on me. But I do walk with them, and often for years, I prayed for each one of them to have mentors. And when none showed up, I said, then that's my job. So I'm going to walk with them. And so, like I said, it looks different um, for each one of them. And I am grateful and privileged to be able to have the opportunity to make them uh, number one. Yeah. Candace, what would you say to that? Um, so I, we home educate, so I'm with my kids all the time. Um, so when I first read this question, I was like, I'm always with them. Like, I don't have to do anything. Um, but... The truth is, whether it's because we homeschool and I'm with them all the time, or you're just in the really early years where they're not in school yet, um, I've learned that I can be around my kids all the time, and I can educate them and cook and clean and all these mom things, um, but not engage them and not actually be present. Um, so I've just had to be really intentional about making a plan um, to take one kid out a week to have alone time with each kid. And um, I try to daily get like 10 to 15 minutes of some one-on-one -on -one time, like playing cards or coloring or reading a book, whatever that kid likes. Um, just so there's at least just a few minutes in each day where um, it's just me and them and I'm actually engaging in whatever they're interested in, not just being around them all the time. So. All right, I'm gonna ask one final question. And for sake of time, I wanna Try to do these answers in a sentence if you can, all right? So here's, here's the sentence. You ready? Here's the question. If you could speak to all the dads in the room. Wait, just a Oh, minute. yeah, now they're pulling out notes and stuff. We're in trouble. <laughs> One sentence. If you could speak to all the dads in the room, what is a way they can serve and bless their wives as they carry out this function of being mom. Okay, I'll, I'll make it quick because I know Pam will need more time. Um, <laughs> just kidding, I love her. Um, no, I I love the fact you know when as a as a husband you know when you know your wife's love language like what she receives, um, that's so important. And I think that if you don't know that. Figure out what it is because, you know, certain things mean different things to, to, to the wives and, and moms and stuff. Um, for me personally, I just love to hear words of encouragement, you know, whether it's the simplest little thing from, from my husband. It means the world to me. I will say I did enjoy getting my espresso maker this morning. That was really nice today. But, but most of the time, <laughs> most of the time, I, I really just enjoy hearing words of encouragement and things like that. So if you don't know your wives, get to know it so that when she hears it, she receives it and, uh, you know, and appreciates that. Awesome. All right, Chrissy, that was more than a sentence. It was more than a sentence. 
It All was. right, I'll shorten it. So for dads, what would I say to dads as an encouragement? I would say that moms, we are probably on all the time. Yes. And so I know a lot of times it seems as though we work miracles in the lives um, of our children and that they desire us more. But I would have to say that even with moms having this special magic power, that dads are unforgettable. So I would like to remind you to be active in your children's lives um, and to just get in there and be involved with them. Be active and take on the challenge with them um, and just get involved and plug them with them. Be an active participant. That's awesome. Candace, what would you add? Um, specific to the earlier years, um, I think showing your wife grace because she's exhausted because the early years are physically exhausting, which makes you emotional and not always logical. Um, so I think just having grace and understanding with her, uh, even when you don't totally get what's going on in her head, um, and then helping practically. My love language is acts of service. So um, just giving her a break to take a shower, helping out with dishes or whatever around the house. So there's just some pressure alleviated um, as she's learning to do it all. Because we're, yes, there's this nature you just, you're born and, or they're born and you just love them. But you don't know how to do everything just because you love them. Yeah. Um, and so helping her as much as possible in those early years. Yes. Can we thank these moms? Amen. <clears throat> And because we're making them work on Mother's Day, we have gifts for all of these three moms. So come and bring these gifts for these moms, and let's thank them today again for helping us. Amen? Thank you, ladies. At the end of the day, the only way mom can fulfill her purpose, and here's the bottom line, the only way any of us can fulfill our purpose is out of the overflow of a love relationship with God. The story of the Bible is that God created us to know Him and to love Him and to live our lives out of the overflow of that relationship with Him. Meaning it doesn't matter what you do, mom, dad, doctor, nurse, school teacher, contractor, You'll never know the meaning and significance of life apart from a love relationship with God. It's why we were created. But the Bible also teaches us that we sinned against that God. And because of our sin, we're separated from a relationship with that God. But the Bible also teaches us that that God loved us anyway. So much that he sent his only son, Jesus, into the world. God became a man. And Jesus did, as a human being, what we couldn't do. He never sinned. He lived a perfect human life. And he took that perfect human life, and on the cross, he offered his body as a sacrifice for our sin. He took all of your sin and all of my sin on himself, and on the cross, Jesus died in our place. But he didn't stay dead. He rose again from the dead as a testimony that God had accepted his sacrifice for our sin so that now you and I can by grace 
turn and put our faith in Jesus. And when we do that, that which we lost because of sin, a relationship with God, is given back to us by grace through believing in Jesus. So if you're here today on Mother's Day, you can know the purpose and meaning and significance of life, but you'll only find it in a love relationship with Jesus. So if you don't know him today, our joy would be that you would come to know Jesus today. We're not going to end our service the way we normally do. Normally we stand and sing at the end, but we're not going to do that. I'm just going to ask you to bow your head this morning. I'm going to close this in a word of prayer. Then Pastor Scott's going to come and dismiss us. But before I pray, if you're here today and you don't know this Jesus, but you would like to know this Jesus, you can simply call out to him in prayer right there in your own seat and say, Jesus, I know that I've sinned against you. And you can say to him, Jesus, I know that you love me. And I know that you died for me and rose again. And right now, Jesus, I believe in you. I turn to you. Right there in your seat, you can just cry that out to God. And you can experience forgiveness and salvation in Christ. I'm going to pray, and then Scott's going to dismiss us. But if you're here today and you'd like to talk with somebody about how you can know Jesus, you'd like to have that conversation, or you just need somebody to pray with you today. Maybe Mother's Day for you is a difficult day. We have volunteers at a center out in the lobby to my right and your left that says, Next Steps. You stop by that center. There's somebody that would love to have a conversation with you. You just walk up and say, I, I, need, I need Jesus, or I need prayer. That's all you got to say. And they'll talk with you today. Lord, thank you for the word of God. Thank you for speaking today. Father, I pray you'd take these truths and solidify them in our hearts. Thank you for moms today. Lord, thank you for those that need Jesus today. I pray they discover a relationship with Jesus today. Lord, we thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your grace. Lord, we thank you for moms who stand out. It's in the name of Jesus we pray.